Today's scripture reading is from the book of Acts, chapter 3, verses 1 to 26. I'll give you a moment to open your Bibles or your device to Acts, chapter 3, verses 1 to 26. I will be reading from the ESV version. Please follow along as I read. Now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, and a man lame from birth was being carried. When they laid daily at the gate of the temple, that is called the beautiful gate, to ask alms of those entering the temple. Seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms. And Peter directed his gaze at him, as did John, and said, Look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up, and immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. And leaping up, he stood and began to walk and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God and recognized him as the one who sat at the beautiful gate of the temple asking for alms. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. While he clung to Peter and John, all the people utterly astounded, ran together, them, ran together to them in the portico called Solomon's. And when Peter saw it, he addressed the people. Men of Israel, why do you wonder at this? Or why do you stare at us as though by our own power of piety we have made him walk? The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the God of our fathers glorified his servants, Jesus, glorified his servant, Jesus, whom you delivered over and denied in the presence of Pilate when he had decided to release him. But you denied the holy and righteous one and asked for a murderer to be granted to you. And you killed the author of life whom God raised from the dead. To this, we are witnesses. And in his name, by faith in his name, has made this man strong whom you see and know. And the faith that is through Jesus has given the man this perfect health in the presence of you all. And now brothers, I know that you acted in ignorance and did also your rulers. But what God foretold by the mouth of all the prophets that his Christ would suffer, he thus fulfilled. Repent therefore and turn back that your sins may be blotted out, that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that he may send the Christ appointed to you, Jesus, whom heaven must receive until the time for restoring all the things about which God spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets long ago. Moses said, The Lord God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brothers. You shall listen to him in whatever he tells you, and it shall be that every soul who does not listen to that prophet shall be destroyed from the people. And all the prophets who have spoken, from Samuel and those who came after him, also proclaimed these days, You are the sons of the prophets and of the covenant that God made with your fathers, saying to Abraham, And in your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. God, having raised up his servant, sent him to you first, to bless you by turning every one of you from your wickedness. May God bless the reading of his word. Today we are going, continuing to hear from our sermon series on the church unleashed. We have Minister Cola preaching on the message is confirmed by his mighty miracle. 
Let's turn our time over to him as he shares from God's word. Good morning, Crossbridge. Uh, today we're continuing our sermon series through Acts and because it's narrative today, I, I wanna just bring us through the story of this healing and the message that comes with, that comes along with this healing. So just imagine, you might even close your eyes and imagine that you're in Jerusalem. It's a hot, arid day and, you know, you, you've taken the, the, the afternoon off and you take most afternoons off because they are so hot. It's actually what most people do. And part of your routine when you take the afternoons off is you go to the temple to pray. For some reason, the temple is nice and cool. And so it's maybe a 10 minute walk from your home to the temple. And you know, you, you've, you've done this hundreds of times and it's familiar sights and scenes. It's like your morning and your afternoon commute. And on the way, you might see the guy who sells really delicious Fuji apples and you say, hi. And on the left, there's that new restaurant that opened that everyone's raving about and you think is like fine. <laughs> But, you know, you still tried it anyway. And part of one of the things that you see on the way to the temple is a man sitting outside the temple with a cardboard sign saying, anything helps. I was born this way. And by born this way, you look down at his feet and they're disfigured, they're bloodied, they're dirty. This man has never walked a day in his life. And because you've been walking this commute, you've been taking this trip to the temple every day for years. You remember when this guy first came here and he started, and when he first came, he was so full of life and optimism. And he would say to people and look at them in the eye, anything helps, I was born this way. And you know, people would stop by and he would make conversations, but now over the years, it's been, you see his spirit has been broken, that he's tired. He doesn't make eye contact anymore. His shoulders are slumped. And he says, and he cries out to the people passing by, anything helps, I was born this way. And it breaks your heart to see that and you wish you could do something for him. But you continue on, you, go, you, you continue on into the temple and you know, you, you soon forget about it and, you, and you, you go to the second floor, you go to the spot that you go to every single time you come. It's that place with the desk and it's right in front of the window and, and right outside the window is that restaurant that you don't think tastes that great, but the scenery is actually pretty nice in that restaurant. And so you open up your Bible and you're in your Bible reading plan and, and say, today we're I'm reading through uh, Numbers 35 and 36. And you start reading about cities of refuge and you're, you're thinking in your head, okay, cities of refuge, you know, what is a city of refuge? What does this have to do with me? And, and, and you're, you're considering the applicational aspects of it and you're moving into prayer. But then in the background, you hear some rumbling, you hear some noise. He said, man, who's just, who's causing a commotion today, bro? We're at the temple. I'm here to pray. And so you try to go back to praying, but that noise gets louder and, and your, your ear perks up and you say, oh, what, what is that? I, I think I hear people cheering You say, oh, the temple's never been this, this noisy and active before. Let me go downstairs and see what's happening. And as you walk down the stairs, 
you see dozens of people cheering and saying, oh my goodness, whoa. And you see all these people jumping around and being excited. And in the middle of all these people, there's this man with the biggest grin and the biggest smile that you've seen and says, yes, yes, he's the one cheering the hardest. He's the one dancing the most. We're all having a ball here. And you said, what is going on? And you recognize that the man in the middle, the one with the biggest smile on his face, that's the guy whose leg was, was broken, that his leg was never right. His leg was disfigured and you see him jumping around and you say what what's happening and then your ears start to open up to the conversation and people are asking how did you do this and the man keeps saying these guys passed me and they said in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth get up and walk and I was walking these guys came to me and said get up and walk and I'm walking I'm dancing now I'm I'm having a ball <laughs> and you join in in the celebration and as, this, as the man, he, t he turns the attention to these two guys. You recognize these guys. This is James and John. These are disciples of Jesus, right? And as it, it looks like they're about to speak because they need to address the situation that's going on. They need to address this crazy event. And so the crowd hushes and a silence falls. And we wait with eager anticipation to what they're going to say. And this is what Peter says in verse 12, it says this, when Peter saw it, he addressed the people, men of Israel, why do you wonder at this? Or why do you stare at us as though by our own power or piety, we have made him walk? What Peter says over here is essentially bros. What are you guys looking at? You think I did this? I didn't do this. I didn't do this by my own strength or piety because I, you know how good I am. He says, Jesus did this. Jesus is the one who healed him, right? He says, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk, not in the name of Peter or the name of John. And so he says, oh, well, while we're talking about Jesus, let's talk about Jesus. Let's open up this door. And what this miracle is, what this miracle is supposed to do is not just focused on the miracle, but it's supposed to point us to Jesus. So Crossbridge, people of Israel, church today, let's talk about Jesus. Let's look at him and see what Jesus has to say. Now here's the first thing that Peter says to the people about Jesus as he has their attention, as this miracle happened, as they're hyped and they're saying, Jesus did this, let's hear about Jesus. Here's what Peter has to say to them about Jesus. He says, the first thing you need to know about Jesus is that you killed him. You killed Jesus. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, your forefathers. The God who brought you out of Egypt sent his servant, Jesus, the Holy One, the Righteous One, to you. And what did you do to Jesus? You took him and you brought him to Pilate. You took Jesus, the one sent from God, and you delivered him over to the Roman authorities, expecting 
his death. And when you had the option to choose between Jesus or Barabbas, the insurrectionist, the one who was trying to ride and overthrow the Roman government, a convict, you chose Barabbas. You were there as he was nailed to the cross, the author of life. You killed Jesus. That's what Peter says first. That's the first thing you need to know. And if we step back and and if we think about that, that's a really strange place to start. (laughs) You killed a Jesus is what he says. For us as Crossbridge, we might say, whoa, like that's, that's, uh, I wasn't there in Jerusalem. I wasn't responsible for Jesus' death. You know, I wasn't saying, give us Barabbas, right? And as, as I was thinking about it this week, as I was preparing the sermon, there was one song, there was a line of one song that came to mind, and, and, and I want to read it to you, and I'll put it on the screen. It's from the song, How Deep the Father's Love for Us. It's verse 2. And verse 2 says this, Behold the man upon the cross, my sin upon his shoulders. Ashamed I hear my mocking voice call out among the scoffers. And this is the line that stuck with me. It was my sin that held him there. It was my sin that held him there. It was my sin that held Jesus to the cross. When I'm busy at work and I'm ignoring or I'm unaware or I'm will, uh, try distancing myself from my family, maybe my kids, even emotionally from my church or small group, when I'm frustrated or angry because of work or the pandemic and I'm taking that out on my family and the people around me or my roommates or my friends or my parents. It, this is the sin that Jesus died for. Now, this is going to hit when, when he says, you killed Jesus. When Peter says that to Israel, it's going to hit them a little bit differently than it hits us but it still should hit us. It was my sin that held him there. Whoa. That's the first thing you need to know about Jesus. That's the first thing that Peter appeals to these people. You crucified Jesus. Man. And thank God that Peter doesn't stop there. Peter doesn't end with that, leaving us in our guilt. But what he says is that you killed Jesus, but Jesus rose again. And we read in verses 15 and 16. And you killed the author of life, but whom God raised from the dead. And to this we are witnesses. And by his... And his name, by faith in his name, has made this man strong, whom you see and know. And the faith that is through Jesus has given this man this perfect health in the presence of you all. Peter says over here that 
It was the power of Jesus. It was the resurrection of Jesus and faith in the name of Jesus that brought this guy, that healed this man, that allowed him, who was never able to walk, to for the first time in his life, stand up and walk. Jesus rose again. And not only did this man, did Jesus' resurrection give this man the power to be healed, to walk for the first time, but Peter continues to bring this idea and says in verse 19, repent therefore. This is what we're, this is our response to this. Repent therefore and turn back that your sins may be blotted out. Verse 20 that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord and that he may send the Christ appointed for you, Jesus. The connection that Peter is making here is that in Jesus' resurrection, faith in Jesus brought this man up and rose this man from the first time, allowed him to walk, and it says, pay attention. But what it also did is brought us freedom and forgiveness from our sins. The same power that allowed this man, faith in Christ, the power of Christ, of faith in him that brought this man up to walk is the same power that gives us freedom. That gives us forgiveness for our sins. There's this parallel passage in Luke 5. And Luke, as you know, is Luke, the, the, the author of the Gospel of Luke, is also the author of Acts. And so he, he's, he's drawing this parallel. There's this parallel story in Luke where Jesus in his ministry is, is popular and people are swarming him. And, and when he goes, he goes into this town and then he goes into this house. And when he goes in this house, the crowds fill the house and people want to be around him. They know that he heals, that he works miracles. And so as they're there, the roof starts to, to crumble and debris starts to fall. And, and the roof opens up and, and this guy in a stretcher in his bed starts to get lowered down. And you realize that they're, the, the friends of the guy in the stretchers were so desperate to see Jesus, they broke a stranger's roof and lowered their friends so that he could see Jesus. And do you remember how Jesus responds to this man? He said, man, your sins are forgiven. There's a murmuring in the crowd. People start to talk, especially the Pharisees and the scribes who are there to see Jesus. And they're thinking and they're murmuring and they're talking. How can this man say that sins are forgiven? Who can do that but God? And Jesus, knowing what they're thinking, hearing what they're saying, says, what's harder to forgive sins or to tell this man to rise up and walk. But to show you that I have the authority to forgive sins, he tells the man, get up and walk. And the man who is in this bed, who is paralyzed, who hasn't walked, gets up, his legs are strengthened and he rises up and walks and takes his bed. And the, and, and the verse says, he, he goes home. The, the point of that story hinges on this question. What is harder, to say your sins are forgiven or to say, get up and walk? The answer to that question is that for us as people, both of those are impossible. But for God, when Jesus says, get up and walk, he also says, I have the ability 
and I have the power and authority to forgive sins. And that's where Peter is drawing on over here. The same power of faith in Christ and faith in the resurrection of Christ that allowed this man to get up and walk is the same faith that allows us to believe that our sins can be forgiven when we trust in God. But not only that, but in verse 20, it says that there's a time of refreshment. Verse 21 says there's a time of renewal that's coming. The same power that, of faith, that, that allowed this man to rise up and walk through faith in Jesus is the same power that we can expect to be forgiven of our sins and in our brokenness find renewal and healing. In our sin find forgiveness. In what, what we feel might be dead in us bringing back to life. Peter continues to talk about how what the coming that what, what we're, we're living in right now is, is what we've been promised from the beginning of the gospel, from the beginning of the Bible, from Abraham. When God promises Abraham, the nations are going to be blessed. He says, this is the time we're living in right now. And he says, when, when, he, when he talks about Moses, he's, and Mo, Moses says, and according to Deuteronomy 18, 18, Moses says, there's going to be a prophet like me who comes. Now, what did Moses do? He delivered people from Egypt, from captivity. And how much greater does Jesus deliver us from the captivity, not just physically of Egypt or slavery, but from the slavery of our sin? And he says, that's the significance. That's the meaning of Jesus. The second thing you need to know about Jesus is that in him, through faith in him, there is the power to restore and forgive sins. There's the power to restore a broken heart, to bring what was dead to life, to forgive our sins, to bring us freedom from bondage. So let's talk about us. Let's talk about us today. Are there some of you watching today who don't know Jesus, who don't have a relationship with Jesus, who've never said to Jesus, I want to know you, that you, that you know that your, you, you, your sin is weighty, that there is brokenness in you, that you know that there's more to life and Jesus has something attractive to offer, but you've never said to Jesus, I want to put my faith in you and trust that you rose again from the dead and believe that you, your blood has covered my sins. Well, what's offered for you today is the forgiveness of sins. If you put your faith and trust in Jesus. And if you want to know more about that, please talk to me, talk to Minister Jeff, find one of the people from the live stream today, email us. We'd love to talk to you more and tell you about the life that comes and is in Jesus that's offered to you today. But for those of you who have accepted Jesus, who are in relationship with him, I know that there's a lot of brokenness 
that there's a lot of hurt. I know that there are some of you who've described your life as your heart is beating, my lungs work, I can do good work at my job, but spiritually, it feels like I'm dead. It feels like I'm dry. In my life, it feels like I'm barely just hanging on by a thread. I know that there are some of you who just have experienced hurt and your heart feels broken. And maybe there, there, there are some of you who, who there, there's sin that you, you've wanted to repent from, you wanted to turn away from, but you keep turning back. You're in bondage and you're stuck. And, what's, and the, the hope for you today is that in Jesus, there is life breathed into what is dead. There is healing for what is broken. There is freedom from your sin. There is forgiveness for you when you come to him with faith and repent. It's what we're called to do. This miracle is supposed to wake us up. It's supposed to, it's supposed to jam a hand in the door and say, wait, hold on, look. This miracle projects us to Jesus. And it's supposed to say, look at Jesus. There's something here for you in Jesus. So church, are you hurt or broken? Are you feeling dry today? There is hope for you today in Jesus. And hey, maybe there are some of you today who are just actually feeling pretty good. <laughs> You're feeling fine. You're feeling okay. Praise God for that. Thank God that you're doing well, that you're doing okay. And thank God that he sustains you, that he carries you through these tough days. And pray and thank him that he died on the cross for your sins and pray that you would be a light to the world, that you would reflect Jesus to the world. I think what I'm trying to say in this is it, yeah, something miraculous in this passage happened when this guy rose, who has walked and never walked before, right? But that's not the end. It's supposed to point us. It's supposed to be a Trojan horse that enters into our hearts, that wakes us up from our sleep and says, look, there's something more than this. For those of you who've never accepted Jesus and recognize that there's sin, there's hope and restoration for your sin. But for those of you who are broken and hurt or spiritually or even emotionally feel dead, there is life and hope and renewal for you in Jesus. What I'm saying is that no matter where you are today, there is life and hope in Jesus. As we study the book of Acts and consider what it means that the church is unleashed. Well, the reason they're unleashed is because Jesus, Jesus is bringing the unleashing. Jesus is bringing the spirit. Jesus, Jesus is bringing his forgiveness. It's faith in Christ that empowers the church to do all of these things. So, my prayer and my call for you today is, would you turn to Jesus for life, for restoration, for healing, for hope?
Would you turn to Jesus today? Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for the cross. You bore our sin, but not only did you bear our sin and die on the cross, but you resurrected and you brought us power. You brought power for our sins to be forgiven, for our hearts and our brokenness to be healed, for us to fight the bondage of sin. Would you help us today? Would you enter into our lives? Would you break into the walls and defenses that keep us from you? And would you turn our eyes and turn our hearts and turn our lives to you today? Thank you for being a good God. We are sinners in need of grace, yet you're a God who offers it so willingly. So help us to turn to you today, Jesus. We pray in your name, amen. Receive this benediction. May the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob who sent his son and servants, the righteous and holy one, Jesus. Give us the power and the ability and the grace to see, be healed, and walk and live for him today and tomorrow and for the rest of our lives. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen.